This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much as always for joining me. It is very much appreciated. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Um, and I hope you're ready uh, to discuss and talk about Arsenal as we head towards the kind of end of the festive period for the fixtures. Uh, Arsenal, of course, face West Ham tomorrow. We hope to bring you a preview show a little bit later on today. I'll give you more information about how you can get involved in that in our members' Discord server a little bit later on. And of course, uh, we'll be looking ahead to then the away fixture just a few days later on New Year's Eve against Fulham. Um, Thank you so much, guys, for everyone that continues to tune in. Very much appreciate your time. If you haven't already dropped a like on the video or subscribe to the channel, please make sure that you do that. It would be very much appreciated. Um, so yeah, this is easy and as simple as that. So let's say good morning to you guys tuning in live. We've got Pikachu, Rich, Blackshine, Jose, Kaiser, Old Dave, Brad, Barry, Matt G, Paul, Temi, Red Star, Junior. We've got CT, Olawale, we've got NSW, Leopold, Stevie, Trader Mike, we've got NSW, Damien, I think I've said a few people twice already, uh, Martin, Carl, Jean, uh, Hakim, uh, Franklin. Thank you uh, to everyone tuning in. It is very much appreciated. And uh, yeah, I, I had a person message me yesterday saying, Tom, every single morning I have to resubscribe to the channel because for some reason YouTube unsubscribes me. I don't know why that's happening. I didn't have an explanation for them. I know a few people have actually said that to me before. So just do a quick check and glance to know that YouTube has not mugged you off in some way. Um, but yes, it's uh, it's certainly worth doing that. But thank you to those that continue to support us, and I hope you're doing good and well. Shall we crack on with today's stories? It is episode 400, um, and usually I'd like to start kind of a milestone show, if you like, in a, a more upbeat fashion. And sadly, I can't do that um, because supposed fans, and I use that word, um, very lightly here uh, to bring you some sad news. It's some really good news followed by some sad news. The really good news is that Arsenal's Manuela Zimsberger's wife uh, has announced uh, their pregnancy um, together. Um, so a massive, massive congratulations to those um, who got married earlier this year as well. It's always nice to see an Arsenal player celebrate 
a life milestone. Um, unfortunately, however, the reaction and the response to this by so-called Arsenal fans was not very nice indeed. I was scrolling down my Instagram feed yesterday um, and spotted the announcement being spoken about. I think it was AFTV's posts and in the comments section, yes, I can see your brain cogs turning already and saying, Tom, why did you even look at the comments section? It's because I was curious. Um, the reason was simple as that. I was curious to seeing what the reaction was, um, whether it, if we've grown up, if we've moved on, if we've matured as a human race. And sadly, no, we haven't. Um, the abuse that was there was persistent and frequent and horrific. And I'd just like to raise this point because continually I'm left messages on this channel about Tom, why are you talking about women's football as a starter? Um, but to see Manuela and her wife face um, such abusive comments was horrible. Um, and you have to look specifically and ask the question, what type of loser takes time out of their day to do these horrible things? I don't know. I'm sure plenty of you don't know. But if it is entering your mind that your task that day is to signal or kind of single out this part of, of the world, just stay quiet. If it bothers you, just stay quiet. It's as simple and easy as that. And uh, if you don't, and you see people doing this, please do report them to the relative um, authorities as soon as possible. Now, we need to talk about the Premier League results that happened yesterday as we go into more upbeat territory to some degree. Uh, there were some really good stories from yesterday's Premier League games. Um, first of all, uh, the late game, Unai Emery went full Unai Emery. Manchester United beating Aston Villa 3-2, despite the fact that Villa went 2-0 up in this game. Manchester United... Um, coming back in the second half with three goals, including one from Erasmus uh, Hoyland. Um, of course, we won't be seeing the memes maybe as frequently as we've been seeing them over the last few weeks or so. Uh, and two goals from uh, Alejandro uh, Garnacho as well, uh, seeing Uno Emery punished for playing in such naive, in such a naive way um, to, to go into Uno up to take that lead in the second half and then just kind of accept it, but still play was such a high line in some cases as well, and just giving Manchester United the opportunity to play in that way. I saw a few people tweet, um, why is Alejandro Garnacho able to get in behind so easily, whereas we see Gabriel Martinelli struggle so much? And there's a really simple answer to that. First of all, did you watch the Arsenal-Aston Villa game? Did you see Gabriel Martinelli getting in behind so frequently? Because I did. Um, and I think that we've come got to come to expect now that against certain teams, we'll be able to get some joy in behind but unless the player takes the initiative like Garnacho did in this game you're not going to be able to see that same level of uh, of ability uh, as frequently because Arsenal go up against more low blocks um, and it's pretty much as simple as that to understand why Gabriel Martinelli isn't running in behind like we saw Garnacho do yesterday because we're not able to do that against as many teams. Uh, Newcastle being beaten at home 3-1 against Nottingham Forest. Big, big win for them and a big, big hat-trick for Chris Woods. Uh, Bournemouth won 3-0 against Fulham in a game in which Burnt Leno has been at the centre of a controversy, uh, being videoed pushing a ball boy. Not a good look at all. Um, can't say I'm privy to all the information about what led up to that point. I can imagine it may be something similar to the Eden Hazard situation, but no matter what the situation is, you don't do that. Very disappointing indeed to see that. Sheffield United losing 3-2 uh, against Luton Town. An amazing twist and turn uh, as Luton went 1-0 up and then Sheffield United took a 2-1 lead. And then Luton Town 
coming back with two own goals uh, in as many minutes um, to secure a 3-2 win in a huge, huge game down at the bottom, which leaves Rob Edwards' team brilliantly positioned to try and secure safety at the expense of a number of other sides down at the bottom. Liverpool, though, in the key game that affects Arsenal the most, beating Burnley 2-0 um, and goals from Darwin Nunez, of course, and I think Diogo Jota uh, with the second who returned from injury to secure that key win for them. Arsenal will have the chance to respond and go clear of them at the top again of their home game tomorrow against West Ham. Tonight's games, we've got Brentford against Wolves at 7.30. We've got Chelsea against Crystal Palace in a game they absolutely have to win if they don't beat Crystal Palace at home. Could it be the end for Maurizio Pochettino? I guess we'll have to wait and see. And then obviously another game that is really important in Arsenal's title hopes, Everton against Manchester City. Very intriguing games indeed. Right, moving forwards and into the transfer news of the day. Arsenal, according to Ebola, the Portuguese outlet, are said to be leading the race for Gonzalo Ignacio. Uh, sporting fear losing him in January. The centre-half is a very highly rated player and, of course, has that €52 million euro release clause. I've said before, I can't see Arsenal paying that much for Ignacio, uh, for, for Ignacio at all. I'd be very surprised if we spent that much on a centre-back, but I guess we will have to wait and see if Arsenal do indeed move for a centre-half. I know that a defender, as I've been saying to you for some time, because I know a lot of people have wanted to see us go for a striker, but I've been telling you that midfield and defence are higher up in the priority list for the club. It's not surprising to see them linked so heavily to Inacio, a player that has been on the club's radar, it seems, for quite some time. But uh, he's very good. Um, and certainly higher rated in terms of his performances than some of the other defenders we brought in, like Jakub Kivio, who was very much a left-field player. Ignacio has been courted by some of the biggest clubs around Europe already, and Arsenal um, would be signing one of the most exciting defenders if they were to get hold of him. Uh, of course, if the links continue and persist, we will be doing a tactical breakdown on him very soon. Um, and finally, uh, another story to talk about the fact that uh, Pablo Maia, uh, player for Sao Paulo, Brazilian, uh, any chance of Arsenal signing him despite rumours in the last few days, there was reports coming out uh, from specific outlets that I'm not going to give the credit to here uh, because uh, Jorge Nicola, uh, who is a uh, Brazilian-based uh, journalist, has said that speaking with the player's agent, Arsenal have not even made a single inquiry about his client. So despite these reports that we've been seeing, and I've been telling you, for those that asked me in the chat box, that the credit, uh, the sorry, the, the sources weren't that good, um, the agent coming out here to completely rubbish those links with Pablo Maya. So that should give you some closure on that particular story as well. Right. Shall we go into the second part of the show? I think we should. We'll tackle some of your questions and more right up. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
to this. Okay, uh, we're going to tackle some of your questions. Well, as many of your questions as we can in the next 10 to 15 minutes or so. So let's go to uh, Prog Piglet, who says, James McNicholas, there's a reliable source, one that we can credit, uh, of The Athletic, saying that we're interested in Yorl Heto and potentially Martin Zubamendi and Pedro Neto in the summer. All players that are certainly on Arsenal's radar. Heto has emerged in more recent weeks as a very exciting young defender that is in the mould of Yuri and Timber, but more for the left-hand side. Um, Zubamendi, of course, we know has been linked for Arsenal for quite some time, as far back as January of uh, of this year, um, and potentially even just further back than that. And Neto, we know for some time, has been very much on the on the uh, the Arsenal transfer target list, and so Arsenal could indeed move for any or all of those three in the summer, depending on what they do in January. Uh, Fahim says, is it possible to be dross and top of the league? If you need to know the reference there, just go watch the end of yesterday's show. It was uh, it was fun. <laughs> it was very fun indeed. Uh, Peter says, Tom, who will, who will we probably lose to the African Cup of Nations and which positions would be your most important to fill? Well, obviously, Thomas Partey and Mohamed Elneny are expected to travel to play for Ghana and Egypt, respectively. We'll also be losing Takahiro Tomiyasu uh, upon his return to fitness to the Asia Cup as well. So three players are expected to be lost during the period of that tournament, and we wish them the best on that tournament. I hope they succeed and do really, really well and return to the club, of course, injury-free. But in terms of the positions that are most important to fill, I think there are four, potentially five still, that we could strengthen. Obviously, a forward, I think a versatile forward would be great. Uh, a midfielder, a box-to-box midfielder. And then I think there's space for at least maybe two defenders. We are much shorter in defence than people give Arsenal credit for. Arsenal and Arteta in particular are very, very well aware of the fact that we are very short in defence. So it is certainly one to keep an eye on that the defence will be an area that Arteta and Arsenal, I think, will be looking for. They won't want to repeat of Saliba and that injury situation we had last year. They will want to make sure that they tackle that as soon as feasibly possible. Uh, Lee Bowley says, Tom, do you see Smith-Rowe having a future at the club or have injuries scuppered his Arsenal career? Well, Kai Havertz is, of course, injured. uh, Sorry, is, of course, suspended. Get that right. uh, For the game against West Ham, meaning that Arteta has got a choice to make as to who he should start in that left eight position. I think that there is a good chance that Smith-Rowe could be that player. The other option, of course, is Jorginho to come in and Rice play where Havertz has been playing. It is going to be intriguing. I think that there is more of a chance that Jorginho comes in because of the Kudus versus Zinchenko or Bowen versus Zinchenko reality that might mean having Rice on the left-hand side might be a little bit more beneficial for Zinchenko to help cope with that situation. But Smith-Rowe could have a chance there. But in the longer term, he's going to have to get some minutes and quick and more frequently. Otherwise, he's going to be seeking an opportunity, I think, elsewhere. And and who can blame him, to be fair? Who can blame him at all? Uh, Lewis says, how good is Chris Woods? Quick quiz. Can you name the other Premier League New Zealand footballer, past or present? Oh, Louis, that is a trivia question that I think you're going to have to get some. Oh, hold on. Is it? Didn't he play for West Ham? Was he a centre-half that played for... Was it... And he got linked to Arsenal. I'm sure he did. Was it Reed? Was it... I can't remember his first name, but I think I'm going to go with Reed. I think it might have been Reed. I'm looking in the chat. I'm scrolling down to... 
Ah, Winston Reid. I was right. Yeah, some knowledge there. Some knowledge there. Winston Reid. He was linked to Arsenal. I remember setting a half for West Ham. Um, and yeah, I remember him being linked quite heavily with Arsenal for quite a significant period of time. So there you go. Did someone say Tim Cahill? You need to get your New Zealand and Australia <laughs> nationality sorted out. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I'm Winston Reid. Thank you for the trivia question. Um, Patrick says, go and get Andre Brooks from Sheffield United. Um, can't say I know too much, Patrick, about Andre Brooks. Uh, TJR says, weird one, Tom. Why is it called a transfer window? I know the literal reason, but why not a transfer door or a transfer chimney? Oh, it's because window is not describing the physical thing we know as a, as a window. Window in English has more than one meaning. So you have the, the physical structural building asset that is a window but a window also represents a period of time it has another reason so you know in uh it might be a cooking window it might be a um a mating window in nature (laughs) a window also has two meetings so that's why it's called a a transfer window and not a transfer door or a transfer chimney because window has two meanings and that means a, a period of time so there you go there's some uh What's it called? Lexicography, I think, the study of words, something like that. So there you go. Window of opportunity. Indeed, a period of time in which an opportunity is available to you. Uh, thank you. Um, TJR, I don't know. You weren't screwing around. Clearly, you didn't know what the word meant and you needed my help. And I am more than willing to provide that to you. So that's fine. Uh, Chilo says, don't wind up New Zealanders by saying Australian players, please. <laughs> I think that Chilo is getting offended. Please don't. Please don't mix them up. Um, let's go. To, let's scroll up a little bit more. There's a lot of people guessing the answers to Louis' trivia questions now this morning. Um, Justice says, Tom, do you think that Partey could start alongside Declan Rice? Yes, I do. I think that both of them can play together. I think if you watch back the Community Shield earlier this season, they both started that game together. I think they both could play together. So, yes, there is definitely scope for them to play uh, with and alongside one another. Um Sagar says, are you concerned about the lack of impact in the forward line off the bench when it comes to the title running? Um, Perhaps um, it's very difficult for Arsenal to go into the market in January and get a player realistically that is going to give you that necessary oomph and reinforcement. I think that what we saw at Anfield was very telling, um, that we didn't have players coming off the bench to to give Arsenal more. We had Trossard come off, we had Nketiah come off. It didn't change things too much. Whereas you look at Liverpool, they brought on Nunez. Um, Gravenberch, of course, came on as well. Elliot came on. And despite them not having enough to, to win the game, there wasn't, you know, there didn't there, there wasn't as much oomph, if you like, as maybe we've come to expect um from an Arsenal bench of 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 past seasons, but you'd have to go quite far back to to find that, I think. So that's why I think there is scope to bring in uh, another forward as well. And Jack's like, Elliot? Yes, that Elliot that scored them that pivotal goal at Crystal Palace after uh, he came off the bench. Harvey Elliot. Um, so that's that's who we're talking about there. Um, Elliot from Arsenal Vision did not come on. <laughs> Indeed. It was a very, very different one. Uh, Jabu says, do you think Partey can play right 8 slash 10 and Odegaard on the left? I really like Rice at the base of the midfield. I don't think so. I think if you're going to play one of them further forward, it's going to be Rice. I think Partey is more, more kind of blinkered, if you like, and and set in that 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 channel of playing specifically in the deeper midfield position. So I think no, we're much much more likely 
to see. Um, yeah, we're much, much more likely to see that. Um, Jack says, uh, Elliot is mid. We have better subs than him. Well, you say that and that's fine. But Liverpool still had him come off the bench in key games this season and he's provided an impact for them. So whether or not your opinion of whether he's mid or not stands true, it's still the fact that they were willing to bring on Elliot and Gravenberch and Nunez in that game. And we had Emil Smith-Rowe on the bench and you're saying we have better subs and we didn't bring them on. So it's not about matching up player for player. It's about how willing the manager is, how much the manager is trusting those players to come on and make a difference. Um, Tizer said, Hi, Tom. I saw a stat that saying that Saka had only scored twice in 25 away games. Do you think this is concerning? Um, I guess it's an area of development for him. I wouldn't say it's concerning. When your player's got nearly 20 goal contributions at the halfway point of the season, am I really too concerned about Bakaya Saka's form i'm not really i'd say it's an area for development that we'd like to see improving this is somebody that scored at manchester united you know in in a game this uh last season of course um trying to think about the impact he scored at chelsea of course in the the win we had there last season so yeah i'm no i'd say no I, i'm not particularly um concerned at the moment about that uh sega says with tommy and timber coming back would you prefer we overpay for tony in january or go for a cheaper option and wait for Ozymen in the summer um i i, I think you know my answer <laughs> won't be like you know tony even talking about him tony is not worth the money that we should pay for him i've talked about this before i was discussing it in the comment section yesterday i'd also like to um i'd also like to uh, just lay out when I talk about Eddie and Ketty's statistics alongside Tony. That isn't me sitting here and saying I think Eddie and Ketty is Arsenal's future. For me, I think Eddie and Ketty is better place leaving Arsenal and moving to a club where he's going to start week in, week out and start delivering on the potential that he has. And Arsenal go out and sign a striker that they think can compete and potentially even one day succeed. Gabriel Jesus. It is my opinion that Tony is not that player, and I often use the statistics of Inketia to prove the reasons as to why I think we should be investing elsewhere. So please don't misconstrue whenever I reply talking about statistics and Inketia as me saying that Eddie should be the guy for the future. It's me suggesting, it's me simply pointing out to those that feel that Tony is the right guy, that actually his numbers aren't wildly better at the metric level compared to the, what we already have coming off the bench. You can always talk about, oh, he got 20 goals last season, but actually he got 14 non-penalty goals. And actually, when you consider the fact that he was playing for Brentford and people say if he moved to Arsenal, it'd be different. I've gone over this a million times. Arsenal playing against far more low blocks than Tony has to come up against for Brentford, I think cancels out that that particular argument. Um, let's go to Nyamdi, who says, Tom, referring to the online abuse that we discussed at the earlier point of the show with Manuela Zinsberger, uh, do you think it is better to just plain ignore those ignoramuses? I think talking about their stupidity gives them unnecessary oxygen. What are your thoughts? This is a really good question, Namdi, and I'm glad you've asked it because I've asked myself this question. So I used to be of the opinion of block, move on, ignore, don't talk about them, you know, don't give them the attention that they crave. It doesn't work. The fact of the matter is it doesn't work. That strategy of block, move on, it might work if you've got individual haters on you, you know. So in the sense of if we get trolls on the channel, I'll just block and move on don't even need to worry about them again because they're directed at me. But in the wider context of bigger problems like homophobia and sexism and racism, et cetera, et cetera, blocking and moving on does not solve that problem. So I think it depends on the context of the situation. So I think you're right to ask the question. And I think we're right now to talk about it because the more we talk about it, the more we bring these people that are doing it into the light. 
and we highlight their horrific acts that they've been posting onto another person's social media feeds. And it is more likely that these people will get more attention in the sense that we can find more people willing to um, report them and hopefully see more people um, punished for that because they should be, you know, they should face criminal charges for homophobia and racism and sexism. It, it, it absolutely should face criminal charges, in my opinion, to prevent this type of abuse from growing because for too long maybe we've been turning our head maybe we've been turning away from these issues and i think that it is reporting them bringing it into light and as we try to do here provide the education to those people to understand why what they're doing is wrong um and move forward from there so i hope namdi that answers your question um maximia says tom i think education is what is more important they may not know why it is wrong what they are doing and blocking and moving on doesn't help us as a society and i absolutely agree with that um lee says what is your feeling about the amount of criticism that women pundits are getting from certain quarters um i talked about this i think on a show a few days ago i don't want to give oxygen to this particular individual and i know that might sound a bit a little bit hypocritical um based on what i've just said but i think that there is so much intent there's so much view on this individual already that i don't even need to add any more fuel to the fire I think we all know just in my view of the criticism of female pundits that we're getting seeing in recent weeks that it's it's ridiculous. There are some fantastic female pundits that are in the space that provide brilliant insight into football and into the game. And I just, you know, it, it is I think it's very obvious um the insecurities and the sexism that is rife when criticizing the female pundits that are fa that are fantastic what they do emma hayes is one of the best pundits i know that she's in work you know with chelsea of course and we move into the us i think at the end of this season but when she did her punditry on the 2018 world cup it was some of the best punditry i'd ever heard during uh, a tournament so yeah it's ridiculous is what it is um Alex says, uh, it needs to be addressed. It's not giving them oxygen. Education is more important than ignoring the issue. Absolutely. Uh, Jack is the true says, Isak is the striker that we need. Won't cost as much as Ozzyman. Oh, I don't know about that, Jack. A, why would Newcastle sell? Is under a long-term contract. And if they are going to sell, they are going to ask for a huge amount. But they paid like 70 million quid for him in the first place. He's not gone down in value. So he's going to cost a hell of a lot of money. And I just don't think they even sell him, to be honest. I just don't think they would even sell him. Um, let's go to boom, 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 boom. Jay says, what is your thoughts on getting an extension of a loan of Zaniolo uh, coming in this January? I mean, he's at Aston Villa, isn't he not? So I don't know. I don't see how that would be possible um, unless it's only a six month loan already and he goes back to Galatasaray. As far as I'm aware, that wasn't the case. I could be wrong, um, but I don't see Zaniolo coming in to Arsenal. He's already at Villa this season. Uh, Aziz says, Tom, who do you think starts against West Ham? I think Arteta might rotate. I think we might see a few rotations considering we've got the away game against Fulham next week. But I think this game, uh, sorry, the end of this week, I think West Ham is a tougher game than the Fulham away fixture personally. So I think he might go stronger in this one and maybe rotate for Fulham. Um, but tune in for our preview show that we'll be having a little bit later on today to find out all about that. Uh, Melissa says, does it concern you uh, our wingers seem to have been figured out by opponents who now double mark them with goal distribution across the front line, only eight seeming unsustainable in our title race? Those words of it seemingly being unsustainable come up a lot. I think it's worth pointing out that things do change. I think it's worth pointing out that 
we can't always look at this section of season and think, well, they've only got eight goals across the front three. Can we win a title if we're, you know, if we're only scoring that many goals? Well, we are top of the table having scored as many goals as we have. Last season, goals weren't an issue. You know, we scored 88 goals, which was the most goals we've ever scored in a Premier League season. And we didn't win the league. Goals was not the problem last year. And we might be scoring a few less than we are at the same point this season compared to last season. The biggest reason why we didn't win the league last season is because our defence wasn't good enough. We weren't, you know, we weren't as good and as resilient as we needed to be across the season to secure the results, secure the points that we needed. So whilst there might be some concern about how many goals we're scoring or how many goals our front line is contributing to this season, as long as we are better at the back and as long as we are better overall as a team, which I think we are, then that is all that matters. And top of the team, top of the table is, is, is where I care about being. You can look at all of the underlying numbers for sure. And I think our XG statistics and... There are a lot of really, you know, there's a lot of statistics that point to us being a team that are still ready to explode, to unleash something of a coiled spring that I still think that we are. There's loads of metrics which point to that. You see, um, I think, um, oh, that crab, you know, it's a fantastic stats outlet on social media. Scott, I think, runs it um, with Adam Ray Vogue. Uh, they produce some fantastic numbers looking at the potential of this side and what they've produced so far this season. There's loads of... Um, there's loads of, of of evidence to suggest that this team is is not going down. It's in a position whereby we're more likely to, to you know, unleash that potential. So, no, I'm not concerned about that at the moment. Matt G says, words I think are overused. Fluidity, unsustainability, standards. I, I'd like dross. Dross is a good one <laughs> to add to this now, I think. Uh, Jean says, I really miss the wingers using their teammates to beat the opponents. I think, obviously, we are a team that likes to drive towards the touchline for those cutbacks a lot more. Yes, I think we could be a little bit more varied in how we attack, but uh, I guess we'll see how Arteta chooses to evolve this team over the course of the rest of the season. And maybe um, we'll see greater triangles and you know these, these types of movements develop as the season goes on. Um, Tailwood says, I don't think being doubled up on means being figured out. They're just doubling up on them. Grealish and Bernardo don't bag that much for the same reason. It just creates space for other players. And this is a really good point. We talk about teams doubling up on Saka or Martinelli, but there is only so many players you can double up on. You know, if you double up on Saka, it means you're taking away a centre-back from the centre-forward. If you double up on Martinelli, it means you're taking away the right-sided centre-back from the centre-forward. What Arsenal need to do is use the fact that opposition teams double up on their wingers and use the space that is now unoccupied to deal and exploit the biggest amount of damage to the opposition it's as simple as that you know you can't you can't over defend every player on the field because there's not enough players it's 11 against 11 you can't double up on every single player because it's just it's just counting you know it's just, you can't do that so if you are seeing wingers being doubled up on okay let's find a way of exploiting the space that is created by those players being doubled up on. And Arsenal, I think, just need to be a bit faster. That's what I've called for a little bit more this season, is I'd like to see Arsenal be a bit quicker. And I think if we can find that little extra gear of speed, I think, therefore, we might find a, an opportunity for the midfielders, for Odegaard, for Havertz, and, of course, for Gabby Jesus as well. So we just need to be quicker. That's what I want to see from this team to, 
exploit the space that is opened up when our wingers are doubled up on. Our wingers being doubled up on is, is, a, is a very well-known, very well-used strategy. So we've got plenty of time to practice against these teams. Um, let's go to Gary. Says they doubled up on Bayer when he adapted and became better. Sacra Martinelli will evolve because of how good they are and how good they are. And then they will be unstoppable, hopefully. So, uh, Jay says, is it possible to sign contracts before the transfer window? Because I heard a rumour that Arsenal wants to sign a contract with Jeremy Frimpong. Arsenal's interest in Frimpong is something I've reported as far back as last summer. It does exist. Arsenal have got an interest and have been watching him for some time. I don't have any extra information about moving for him this January, however. Um, but what I would say is that you've seen last season, before January, Liverpool came to an agreement with PSV for the signing of Cody Gakpo. yes. You can agree transfers with clubs prior to a window opening, but then those deals obviously get done when the window officially opens and you can register those players. So yes, the answer is you can do deals outside of the transfer window. It's harder to do because sometimes teams just refuse to talk until a window is open, which is completely their motive and I completely respect that. And so that's why sometimes Arsenal aren't able to get the deals done they want until the window is open. But also sometimes Arsenal want to wait for opportunities that can open up during transfer window. Sometimes players leaving or players being signed by other teams opens up a domino effect which Arsenal can try and take advantage of. So that's why maybe sometimes we don't make the moves that we do until those opportunities come forward. So I think that yes, the answer is yes to your question, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Arsenal will, will do that with any specific players. Um, and S. Guz, uh, who says, has very kindly done it, says, Sehu Gerasi, it looks incredible. 17 million release clause. Late bloomer, yes, but incredible. Yeah, it is that age profile I've talked about before that I'm not necessarily sure is the right age profile for Arsenal. But uh, I know that there are a few Premier League teams that are certainly looking at him. I've not heard that Arsenal are one of them. So I don't expect Arsenal to move for him. But uh, there are, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up in the Premier League very soon. He's having an excellent season for Stuttgart. Um, a very, very good season indeed. Anyway, that's going to bring an end to today's show. Thank you so much for listening. It's hopefully not going to be the only show of the day. We're going to be doing a preview show for the game against West Ham United a little bit later on. Uh, have a fantastic 27th. Um, we're in that kind of weird period now between Christmas and New Year where no one really knows what they're doing. Uh, there's no plans. There's nothing going on. There's just the time to kill and relax and enjoy and, and stuff yourself with Christmas leftovers. So I hope that you have a fantastic week uh, and uh, I'm now going to enjoy my day off and uh, look forward to talking to you a little bit later on today about that game against West Ham. Have a fantastic day. Stay safe. Stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or 
anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.